Don't be afraid of losing other people. Be afraid of losing yourself by trying to please everyone around you. Let that be your motivation. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast Relationships. Let's talk about it. I'm Prebo Toplitsky. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues. Everybody's got one partners, family, friends, co workers, neighbors, relationships. Let's talk about it. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of People Pleasing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why you're tuning in. Every one of us has been a pleaser of some kind at some point in our life, but we got to know when it was healthy and when it was not. And most of the time, people pleasing is not healthy for us. So I'm almost piggybacking off of my last episode with Corey Costanzo, and we talked about codependency because people pleasing is part of being codependent. Yes, it is. So I want to kind of get into it a little deeper, and I am going to be doing a solo cast. How do you like that word? I just heard it a little bit ago, and yeah, it's a solo cast instead of a monologue. Doesn't that sound a lot better? And I told that to a friend of mine, you know what he told me? He said, yeah, Prepo, you're going to be Han Solo cast. Yeah, how do you like that? So I'm Han Solo cast tonight, folks. And you know, before I started this, I went outside. It's evening and the stars are just coming out. It's a beautiful fall night up here in Black Mountain, North Carolina. And I was thinking about the podcast and whew, all about people pleasing and you know, many times it can come from a good place and other times it's coming from a really place of insecurity and at times even manipulation, low self-worth, basically fears. And I thought, yeah, I want to have a lot of compassion around it because, like I said, I think we've all been people pleasers at some times and I know that I have and I was just recently one that I'm going to tell you a story a little bit about. So I have compassion for you all out there. You know, if you're thinking about feeling guilty about it, just embrace it. Recognize it. Embracing and recognizing is first. Having compassion is so vital to it, to the transformation that I know you really want to do or to really understand the people in your lives that have this pattern. And I would call it a pattern or more of a tendency than who people are, than a disorder. Because we learned it. We learned it usually right off the bat or in other places in our relationships where we got rejected from love, we failed in certain areas. So I just wanna have and feel compassion for myself and I feel compassion for you all that are recognizing it and at times even struggling with it. So I'm gonna to try to break it down a little bit here for us. There's a lot to it. 
you know, a people pleaser is one of the nicest and most helpful people you know. They never say no, and you can always count on them for a favor. In fact, they spend a great deal of time doing things, of course, for other people. I think that they are naturally compassionate. You know, some people just enjoy helping people and serving others. They are happy to be selfless or altruistic. It's in their blood. It's in their DNA. It's, they say who they are. You know, we like pleasing others, especially those we love. But sometimes it's difficult to differentiate between a person who don't value themselves and someone who is genuinely compassionate on the surface. But I guess, I guess there's, there's a main difference. And I think that is a healthy, compassionate person would take himself or herself into consideration. I think that's key. Yeah, a healthy, compassionate person. They please others, but yet they don't put other people first. But let's break it down a little bit, the attributes of people-pleasing. Because I think the intense need to please and care for others is deeply rooted in either fear of rejection and or fear of failure, right? Fear of rejection is usually the underlying feeling that I need to do everything I can to make this person happy, satisfied, or they might leave me or stop caring for me or also maybe even not give me what I need or want. Fear of rejection can come from early relationships in which love was conditional or in which perhaps we were rejected or abandoned by an important person in our lives, like a parent, maybe a parent left, or they weren't emotionally available or very inconsistently available or there might have been some abuse. So I think the fear of failure is the underlying feeling that if I disappoint or if I do something wrong or if I make a mistake and or worse, be punished, I just can't let that happen. It's just too painful. I think that's the fear of failure. And the fear of failure can rise from early experiences, even with uh, punishment or even small mistakes, almost like a a skittish dog or abused dog. They'll do anything for you to like them so that they don't get punished. You know, I think that there's other factors for why people may be people pleasers. Mm -hmm. Fear of criticism, that's one. You know, they see criticism of any kind as an attack on their self-worth. Also loneliness. You know, they want to fit in. They think that maybe they think that by pleasing others, they would feel included, you know, being part of the tribe. And we know way back when, when we were excluded from the tribe, we did not survive, right? I think another factor could be uh, guilt of saying no. Saying no to others makes them feel guilty. So they'd rather do what other people want so they don't feel the uncomfortableness of feeling guilty. I would say check out one of my podcasts, Setting Boundaries Without Feeling Guilt, 
because this is another aspect of it. People pleasers, they don't know how to set boundaries. They don't know how to say their no's because also they don't want to avoid the uncomfortable feeling of what the other person might be expressing also, disappointment, or that person might feel rejected. Because again, a boundary is this is where I end and you begin. And I believe people pleasers really have a hard time knowing what that boundary is. They also avoid conflict or an argument. It's just, again, too painful for them. And they also may be intimidated by other people's reactions. So again, I think it's a pattern. If you have a people-pleasing pattern, then you often try to be who others want you to be, to agree with them, to fit in. And you may not consciously be aware that you're doing this, but there's a part of your psyche that wants to please others in order to avoid reactions that you are afraid of. Feel that one out. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to try to say all of that more distinctly for you. Because I think when this pattern is activated, uh, people pleasers have a hard time saying no or setting limits. Or they tend to avoid conflict. Or they want other people's approval. And even more importantly, they want to avoid other people's disapproval. Yes. So I told you I had a story. And this was a little bit ago when I engaged into a people-pleasing pattern. I did a podcast and I had a guest. And this guest was also introduced through a family member. The guest also had a publicist. So I was dealing with like three people on this. And afterwards, and even during it, you know, I like to have a conversation with my guest. And it's different for me than an interview. I never wanted to just straight out interview people. I want to have a good back and forth. You know, I want to be part of the conversation too, because I got shit I want to say, you know. <laughs> As you know, with my solo cast, I got stuff I want to say. And I just love having a wonderful conversation. And I think it's, it's great for people to listen in on a good conversation. So that's a big part of it. And I just didn't feel that happen. And yes, some of my podcasts are a little bit more interviewing, like with my buddy Adley, who I wanted to give a lot of space for him to tell his story, his heartfelt story about his mother dying. That was more about just hearing his story. But when I played this podcast to my wife, who is a fantastic, she is the queen of editing with her preciseness and when she knows there's too much extraneous stuff, right to the point, the authenticity of it. Hell, she really helped me get more authentic with doing the authentic relating podcast with Benjamin a few weeks ago. So I played it for her and she was just going, mm, I, I, I just don't get it. I don't understand it. And uh, I don't understand the point and just doesn't feel right. And I went back and forth about this because I didn't want to disappoint. I didn't want to disappoint my family member. I didn't want to disappoint their publicist who was going out of the way. 
but also what was happening underneath that I really wasn't willing to look at it that closely yet was I also wanted something out of it. You know, I wanted the possibility that through dealing with these people that perhaps my podcast will go more widely out, get way more listeners. There's a publicist involved and maybe I would work with them more in the future. So I knew that there was something underlying too that was pulling me in that direction. So I decided to what I thought being honest at the time and tell my family member and also the publicist that it just, it just wasn't the podcast that I wanted and that I would be willing to do a redo. And they were very happy with that. They appreciated my honesty. Well, I gotta tell you, I was sitting with that for about a week and I had a little bit of tossing and turning nights on that because around I saw underneath it that there was some people pleasing going on. I didn't want to disappoint my family member. I didn't want to disappoint the the publicist. And especially when I said I would do it that I would do a redo. I couldn't go back on it and say I didn't want to do a redo. Oh yes I can. Because all of a sudden I thought, wait a second, this is my podcast. This is my freaking podcast. And I started embracing and remembering the reason why I started this podcast. And I might have told you before, you might have listened to it when I said the main reason is for my son. Uh, He lives in Europe. I want him to listen to me as often as he can. He can hear my voice. He can hear my thoughts, my values, my, my dreams of a relationship and how to move through difficulties in life and relationship because he's got a beautiful relationship with my daughter-in-love, Emma, and I know that this podcast is also for them. Another reason why I want to do the podcast is I want to have fun. Like I said, counseling and therapy is very meaningful. It's very, very meaningful, but a lot of times it's not fun. So sitting in front of a mic and kind of just rapping and having great conversations to me can be fun. And this recording that I did wasn't that. It wasn't fun and it wasn't connecting. And so I went back and told these people that I wasn't going to do a redo. I had to face the possibility of not people pleasing, of disappointing somebody, of maybe them getting angry and think that I was leading them on. I had to face the possibility of them cut me out and maybe, of course, not getting any more future opportunities from them. But you know what? Authenticity is where it's at. And that got me out of the people pleasing that I was considering myself also and not just other people. And I couldn't compromise because I know when I compromise myself, I am not good for other people. Mm-mm. Wouldn't have been good to y'all putting a podcast out. I I really want to focus on good quality material for you and good quality presentation, authentic presentation. So when I realized what was all underneath that people pleasing, all of that uh, fear of rejection, disappointing, my manipulation of I might not get what I need, what I want. I had a hard time putting my boundaries. But when I said no, and aligned, more compassionate, what 
I knew was in alignment with myself, that people pleasing just dissolved in the empowerment of my decision and who I am and to accept what other people were going to experience. Let them have their own experience. That was a wonderful experience and a good story to tell you. So see, in some way, I thought that I was being kind, you know, to do that redo and to try to make the best of it. But I think we confuse people pleasing with kindness. You know, after all, aren't people pleasers described as just too nice, right? People pleasing can be seen as giving of others to put others first. But people pleasing isn't the kindest way to treat ourselves or the people around us. I think honesty is kinder than people pleasing. Yeah, that's right. Because I needed to be honest with myself and then I could be honest with others because I need to look that there was something on the line that I also think that as a people pleasing pattern that I had there that I wanted something in return. And at times people pleasers they want that. I wouldn't go to the extreme to say that all people pleasers have a hidden agenda. And I don't believe mine was a total hidden agenda. I still had like fear of disappointment, all that stuff. But yes, some people please others with an intention of getting something in return. You know, I remember, for example, when I was in the corporate world, like employees treating their boss or someone with authority exceptionally nice to get favors or someone complimenting, let's say, on your talent to get you to help them to do something. Or perhaps we may keep our opinions uh, and beliefs to ourselves unless we're sure that they line up with those of the other persons that we're trying to please, right? And none of these things are honest. We're not being kind to others when we try to manipulate them into liking us instead of letting them really see us. I know when I wasn't honest about how I felt, it wasn't kind to anyone involved. And when you're a people pleaser, no one really knows the true and authentic you. They only know the facade that you present them with. Yeah, you know, we all know this. You know, when we people please, we say and do things that aren't really true for us. You know, we may accept, for instance, an invitation that's inconvenient or agree to do a favor we actually resent doing. You know, for example, we may even want to eat at a certain restaurant or say that we want to eat at a certain restaurant or do a certain activity, even though we actually prefer to do something else. And we're not saying what that is. We're just going along with others. We, we can get tripped up because honesty can feel unkind if we think it will disappoint someone or make them unhappy. And boy, you know, honesty can be used in an unkind way, like even radical honesty. You know, when people just blurt out their truth, their honesty without creating an environment for safety, for emotional safety. People will also say intentional hurtful things and then justify that, let's say, cruelty 
under the guise of being honest. But we can be honest again with kindness. When we are honest in our relationships, we give others a true sense of who we are. They can trust that. They know what they're getting. We are clear about what we will and won't do and what we want and don't want. And when we engage in people-pleasing behaviors, we watch the people we want and hope to please for cues about what they want or need or what they expect of us. And it can seem like we're being very present with them, but actually we're paying such close attention. You know, sometimes it's strategic. That attention is very strategic. We're using it, like I said, to meet our own needs instead of really engaging with the people in an authentic connection way. Sometimes when that happens, we watch for how each thing we say or do, how it's received, how the information is can maybe needs to be adjusted so it would be more pleasing for the other person. Man, that can be so exhausting. So honesty in that way is not exhausting. It is very empowering. So you know what would be a really cool encounter instead? It would be to focus on curiosity when we're interacting with another person. Not all that strategic stuff of the data to adjust to make them feel more pleased, right? What a gift that would be for all parties. Because one of the kindest things that we can do for someone is to set aside our expectations, our judgments, or our desire for them to be who we want them to be, and to actually just see them for who they are. And that includes ourselves. Yeah, another story has come on my mind that fits into also how I got to really see my wife in, in, in a certain light, a really inspirational light. Some years ago, my wife and son and I, we went to Montana on vacation. We were visiting a friend of mine, and we went out to dinner kind of late in a small town where he was living, and he was meeting a friend of his there too, so there was going to be the five of us. The restaurant was really crowded, and it was really noisy, and we had to wait a while, and I can see my wife's agitation, and she doesn't like environments like that, especially eating at a place like that, and it was just getting louder. We were all kind of agitated because we were hungry. It was late, and my wife, she just left. She left the restaurant, and I could feel something was going on, and so I went outside and I saw her walking away from the restaurant and she was just really upset and shaking her head. And she goes, I can't do this. I will not do this. I'm not going to eat there. And she's like, I know that I might disappoint you guys that you want to do it and you don't care about that. It's too noisy, but uh, I'm not going to go in. I'm not going to, to eat there. And real quickly, I was like, what do you mean they're not going to eat there? Come on. We said we're going to eat there. There's no other restaurants. Don't disappoint these other three men. Men are hungry, you know. <laughs> and I needed to have compassion for her at that moment and really see that she was suffering. She did not want to go in there at all. It was not good for her well-being. And she put her foot down and said that she was not going there. 
And I became more curious and thought, yeah, you know what? She's actually right. It's, it's a bad environment. So I went and told my friend, and he said, yeah, come on. We'll, we'll go look for another restaurant. Well, his friend got all impatient and said that he didn't want to go to another restaurant, and he left. So the four of us, my wife, my son, and my friend, we found this beautiful <laughs> restaurant. It was artistic. It was quiet. Uh, the food was phenomenal. And we had really deep and wonderful and connecting conversations that no way in hell would we have had those at the other restaurant. And we're, we're really appreciative of my wife for making that decision and that for really tuning into herself and not people-pleasing us. So she was a real inspiration to me because um, I know how hard that was uh, to do in that circumstance. And she didn't give in to that. She was honest and kind to herself and in turn to us. So thank you, babe. That was a beautiful experience. A good lesson. You know, I would just say that I do think that, not just piggybacking off the story, but uh, just thinking about how women, I think, people please more. You know, maybe it is in uh, the history and the and the oppression of women, that the DNA of women having to do things in a man's world to please other men in order to, to get their survival met in many ways, to not be hurt, to in some way being taken care of because they didn't have the rights, second-class citizen, and, and it's so sad that, that some of that is still going on. Um, I feel so sad about that. But I think that comes out more in women, people-pleasing, the fear of that rejection and getting ostracized and, and then away from the tribe, away from being taken care of. I think also mothers really feel that too. I have many clients that I work on with about their people-pleasing to their kids, and they say yes to so many activities and overloads to other mothers and, and even family members and taking care of them. They're just petrified of, of saying no. They don't know how to put up a boundary. They don't want to disappoint everybody, and they're trying to think that they need to be a superwoman. This bullshit that's in the media that a woman can do all of these things and take on all of this overwhelm or you're not good enough. It's bullshit. So I have compassion for a lot of women. They want to also keep the peace in their home. And uh, there's a real price for that compromise. There's not authentic relationships. I will say this to uh, women and also, you know, in men. Some of your relationships will not survive if you cease people-pleasing. The codependent and dysfunction may not be able to transform, mm -mm. but you can. Don't be afraid of losing other people. Be afraid of losing yourself by trying to please everyone around you. Let that be your motivation. Don't let yourselves be taken advantage of. Yeah, you're gonna feel, you're gonna feel all used up. You don't want to feel all used up. You don't want to be singing uh, that Bill Withers, you know. Oh, you just keep on using me until you use me up. Until you use me up. Yeah, 
don't be used up. Take care of yourselves. Yeah, because there are no healthy relationships without each person being true to themselves first. You know, when we comply or constantly strive to please the other, it is so unlikely that we are going to be thriving in our relationships. Because we then start to feel invisible, like we don't matter. Like we don't matter to the other person, whether it's our partner or our kids, our friends, parents. And even though we're the ones that's creating the experience, you know, it's also unlikely that our priorities or goals get accomplished if we're always complying to our partner or other people in our family, we don't get to celebrate and we don't get to share our accomplishments, our successes, and our joys. You know, also in my counseling practice, I see in, in love relationships is when, when you're people-pleasing, let's say that pattern is activated, you may actually be attracted to people who are controlling because they always seem to know what is best and they're happy to lead the way. They're happy to have the limelight. They're happy to make the decisions. And they may also be attracted to you because you will let them be in charge and get all that glory. However, if you develop a love relationship with a person who is controlling, there's a good chance that things will eventually go bad unless you both are recognizing the pattern and really working to transform it and change it. And maybe you're going to be likely to get tired of your partner always getting their way. That happens. Yeah, because I see people that start to resent losing their autonomy and start withdrawing or also become passive aggressive. You know, what's interesting too that I see in my, in my practice is with people pleasing, sometimes at first people pleasing might come across as a selfless act, but People-pleasing is actually selfish at times because when you're doing it, you're actually trying to control someone else's reaction toward you by behaving in a certain way. So in some way, it's taking control, trying to make something happen. You have to be aware of your intentions. Is it coming from a place of that honesty and kindness or is it coming from a place of that fear, fear of failure, fear of rejection? And I'll throw this in for you parents out there. Be aware about squashing your kids by like intimidation or constant disappointment because that can breed the seeds of people pleasing in them. And also modeling is so important. You having really good boundaries by you taking care of yourself, by you being honest and not just people pleasing they need to see what that kind of empowerment is also. You know, sometimes parents ask kids, well, what do you want? You know, what do you want to eat? What do you want this? Or um, how are you feeling? And a lot of times kids answer, I don't know, or I don't care. And maybe they're afraid to tell you. Maybe they're afraid to tell you because they don't want the reaction, a negative reaction or a harsh reaction or perhaps disappointment or punishment. And that could be, again, the beginnings of people pleasing. 
Sure, you want to have your authentic reactions to what your kids say, but you have to be very aware of placing and seeing that pattern that they may be developing. And so you got to talk about it with them and really hold that space to accept what it is that their needs are and their wants. You don't have to always just give in to them, but you can definitely acknowledge and validate them and let them feel that they have a right to have those needs and those wishes. So then they'll tell you more of what they want. And you won't hear, I don't know, so much. Okay, so before I leave you, I know you're asking, so how do I get out of people pleasing? <laughs> well, I'm going to give you some basics. There, there are basics, and we all know this. You got to be in touch with your needs. You have to know what they, what they are. I just did a podcast on expressing your needs. Listen to that one. You got to really know what your needs are. And to learn to be assertive and ask for what you want. You also have to set limits. You have to have those boundaries. You have to be able to say no. And actively feeling and accepting negative or painful emotions. Got to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. You got to be able to witness somebody else's disappointment or their upset for you to stand in your truth and not just change their uncomfortable emotion in a pleasing way to please them so they'll feel better and then you feel like shit. Or at first you might feel good because you helped them, but you know that you compromised. Also, you got to take responsibility for your own happiness. You know, you might have to set limits for how much time that you have for yourself by not saying yes to everything. You have to learn to find your own sense of self within and not without, not just by pleasing other people. You have to really feel mm, pleased with yourself. I know when I made that decision to not redo that podcast episode, that conversation that I told you that story, I was really pleased with myself. I felt aligned. I felt in integrity. That's what I want you to feel. All right. Well, that's what I got for you tonight, folks. Thanks for listening. And remember to really be kind to yourselves by really transforming these patterns of people pleasing however they show up in your life and also understand and have compassion for those of you that have other people pleasers in your life so you can help them transform it. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening to this episode. And before we go, I want to mention a few things. I've recorded some guided meditations and guided visualizations that I have a few of them up on my website right now, prepo.com. One of them is letting go of worry. And the other one is increase your emotional intelligence. Both these guided meditations will help you in a practice of letting go of worry and letting go of burdens, letting go of stress and will also help you increase your emotional intelligence of understanding and expressing what it is that you're feeling. 
So go ahead, check them out on my website, prepo.com. I'm also doing my counseling and consulting services online right now. If you would like to inquire into those services, go ahead and contact me on my website. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, would love if you leave us a review. You can also find me on Instagram at Prepo Toplitsky. Okay, folks, again, thank you for listening. I hope you and your loved ones are well and you're finding good connection. Even in this really challenging time, connection is what it's all about. Our relationships are what's going to help us move through this challenging, stressful time. So, I hope after you listen to this, that you all make yourselves a beautiful day. Relationships, Let's Talk About It is a production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting, PC of Asheville, North Carolina. For more on licensed counselor Prepo Teplitsky, visit heartsharecounseling.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling and psychotherapy, medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice. Thank you.